This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Circuit of Success, and thank you for joining me. You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait, but I believe the opposite. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude, a great belief system, and action every single day. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline, and most importantly, a vision, that's when greatness happens. Now let's dive right in to this week's guest. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today... I'm excited. We've got a triathlete. We've got an author. We've got a business psychology coach. Uh, all sorts of stuff today, ladies and gentlemen. Karen Brown, how you doing, Karen? I am excited and energized to be here. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you. And uh, I tried to act like I was a triathlete one time for like a summer. And uh, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about you doing your Ironman. Not just doing it, but completing it, finishing it. Uh, the world's hardest race, as most people know. But for those people that don't know who Karen Brown is, why don't you fill our listeners in and what's made you the woman you are today? Yes. All right. So for 28 years, uh, I was outwardly successful in business. Uh, I uh, was climbing the corporate ladder, becoming an executive leader. You know, I had nice things. I mean, I was a, a pretty stereotypical yuppie, if you will. And <laughs> Uh, on the inside, I had this nagging feeling like I was capable of so much more and that I was squandering my potential. And specifically when I thought about my lifelong dream, which was to compete in the Ironman World Championships in Kona, Hawaii as an amateur athlete, that's when I would come into contact with the, the feeling or the thought of what if that's my true capability and I'm not tapping into it? What if I'm just playing safe and small, doing things I know I can achieve and leaving everything else on the table? And what I found during that 28 years is that I was holding myself back with something called limiting beliefs, where, and this is exactly how it would go for me, uh, where I would say, well, they're elite athletes and I'm a recreational athlete or an amateur athlete, you know, how could I possibly compete in the Ironman World Championships? And boom, all of a sudden, dream gone. Oh, I can't possibly do that. And then, you know, would move on until I would happen to see the coverage again the next year on TV and then go through that same cycle. And what I came to realize after I discovered that, you know, limiting beliefs exist and, and what they were is that this is the scientific key that holds all of us back or unlocks us all from realizing our true potential. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. I mean, I think we all have those limiting beliefs, right? That, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think I read something where you talked about one time your distorted view, right? And yeah. so we have these distorted views of ourselves. And, and so talk to us and talk to our listeners about how those distorted views obviously will distort your results. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, let me just further define so it's really clear for all the listeners what a limiting belief is. So anytime we say or think something like, well, I don't have enough money, time, talent, skill, support to achieve that. That is a limiting belief. Yep. And 
after I learned how to conquer limiting beliefs, which I can share with your listeners today, it's actually really simple. That's not to say it's easy or it brings you know instant success without having to do any work. That's not what we're talking about. But what we are talking about is that all of this stuff really resides in your unconscious mind. And once we learn how to tap into the power of our unconscious mind, uh, honestly, uh, our results are unlimited. They're limitless. Uh, And so this is why I uh, encapsulated it in the book, because I wanted this to be accessible to everyone. And now my mission with the book is to eradicate limiting beliefs and transform the world. So I'd like to see everybody be able to unlimit their beliefs about anything and everything they want to achieve. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big that's a quite the mission right there. I like that. I was writing mm-hmm. that down. Um, and so when you think about that, and again, go back to that distorted view. What I mean, how is our limiting beliefs distorting our view and distorting our results? Okay, so to understand this, let me just briefly explain how the unconscious mind works. And for the for our conversation today and the listeners, let's just agree that the term unconscious mind is the same as subconscious mind, because I get that question a lot. And okay. so I, I just choose to use the term unconscious mind, okay? And our unconscious mind works like this. It was created to protect us as cavemen, right? It had to immediately size up whether something was friend, foe, or food, mm-hmm. right? And so if you think about your unconscious mind, which by the way, and you're, you'll want to write this down too, listeners as well, your conscious mind is responsible for only 0.008% of everything you do every day. The rest wow. is all unconsciously driven. And it comes from experiences that you've had before. So think about caveman mind. And think of, think of your unconscious mind like the most simplistic yet powerful machine. It will do whatever you tell it or whatever you tell it not to do, right? So caveman times, if you were thinking about doing something uh, that may have risked your life or may have brought up uh, fear as an emotion or other emotions like, well, I, I don't know, you know, running across the whole, you know, prairie to see if there's food on the other side, you know, that, that may expend too much energy and I might, you know, I might perish. Well, that's really what your unconscious mind was created to do is to keep you safe and alive. So immediately the way it's wired, it will react with, oh, no, you know, that's going to, that's going to be too taxing. That's going to be too tough. Uh, You know, let's not do that. And so distorted view comes from those experiences of your unconscious mind, like let's say you're 30 years old, right? Your unconscious mind will compare whatever it is you're thinking of doing to seemingly same experiences in your past. And again, very simplistic, powerful machine, right? So it'll basically just look at other experiences that it thinks are the same. And it will go, oh, well, that time and you know that other time and this other time, they're all the same as this thing you're thinking of doing now. So not going to be able to do it. And that is distortion. Now, it can also go the other way where once you break through that, like I did with the Iron Man, then it opens up this gateway 
to, you know, all these bigger things that are possibility. Like after, after I did the Ironman, I saw something that I wanted to do called the Ultraman. Now an Ironman Hmm. is 140.6 miles, swim, bike, run, done continuously in one day. An Ultraman is a 320 mile triathlon done over three days. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I mean, talk about, you know, having to unlimit my limiting beliefs about, you know, Ironman and then Ultraman. But here's what I noticed that, and this is scientifically proven as well. All this, all the information I'm going to give is always scientifically proven. Um, What I noticed is once you conquer one limiting belief and you transform it, then you're, you're essentially showing your unconscious mind, like telling your unconscious mind, this is what I want to do. And you're almost resetting the stage. Like you're, you are literally rewiring the way that your mind works in that, in that area. Then it also can permeate other areas like business, relationships, uh, family, money, you know, everything. You look at it differently. And then you can actually have distortion on the bigger end. And this is where I am now with, you know, the ultra athlete community, the ultra endurance athlete community, because, you know, I think a marathon is a really short race. Right. (laughs) I'm like four hours and I'm done and I have the rest of the day. I mean, I'm used to doing races. The next race I'll do is 30 hours. The longest race I've done is 34 hours. Wow. And so, you know, distortion comes on both sides of the scale. That's amazing to me. I'm just sitting here thinking about, you know, I would love to run a marathon one day, but then I, you know, my limiting belief is, yeah, there's no way I'm going to go out and do that. Right. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, that's awesome that you think that way. And, and it is, I mean, once you build that habit and you do something and you go over that kind of go over the finish line, if you will, that's a whole nother world that's been open to you. Right. So, so that's a big deal. So, what, I mean, how do we dig into what our limiting beliefs are, though? Like, how do we really do that? Ah, great question. Okay, so the way you dig into that is, first of all, <clears throat> sit down with a piece of paper or a journal, something to actually write down what's going to come out of your unconscious mind. Because once you ask a question and, you know, you're in a quiet, distraction-free type of state, Uh, again, simple, powerful machine is your unconscious mind. So you start asking it questions and you actually listen to what it says and capture it on paper. Also capturing it on paper is a point of entry to the unconscious mind. So first things first, sit down, you know, distraction-free environment, turn off the phone or turn it upside down, silence it, shut your computer off. And and we're just talking like five minutes here. That's it. This does not take a long time because your unconscious mind works lightning fast. It works yep. far faster. Remember the, the 0.008% that I gave at the beginning? That's actually based on processing speed. So your conscious mind is like this slow, clunky interface and your unconscious is like lightning speed on processing. Okay, so sit down with a piece of paper and ask yourself this question. How am I stopping myself from pursuing X? And X is your goal, your dream, whatever. 
How am I stopping myself? And then write down everything that comes to mind. If 10 things come to mind, just write them down exactly as they pop into your brain. Don't, you know, marketing spin them. Don't write something that you think you should. Just let it pour out onto the page. Yeah, yeah. What I found when I did this with the Iron Man is I thought I just had that one limiting belief. I had a whole page full of them. Hmm. Yeah, it was a real eye-opener. That's a big deal because I, I, I do strategic think time or STT, what I call it. And it you know, started out as an hour and a half a week, I mean, years ago, um, gosh, probably a decade ago. And it's it's darn near every single week I'm spending at least an hour and a half uh, by myself with my black journal and just thinking uh, about the future, about the vision, about uh, our family, about our business, whatever it may be. And I think that is the time I have found to be the best. That time where I slow down, it actually helps me speed up. Absolutely right. Yes. Because you're getting in touch with that power and that processing speed of your unconscious mind. And honestly, when you align your core values, your unconscious mind and your conscious mind, you are unstoppable and you will, you will achieve whatever you want so much more quickly and easily. So if somebody wants to do something out there, and let's say I'm using air quotes here, they're Iron Man. So whatever that may be, like you said, a goal, a dream, an aspiration, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. how how do we stretch, right? How do we challenge ourselves? How do we how do we stretch ourselves to go out and do the Iron Man or the Ultra Iron Man or the Ultra Man? Uh, how do we do that? Okay, great question. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, so this this is a two step process. And uh, let me give you a little bit of information to sort of just set it up. So uh, when I was thinking, when I would think about the Ironman, I thought that, okay, well, that's a personal dream. And that has nothing to do with my purpose or work, right? They're two separate things. Like if I want to do better in my business or better at work then, or better at my company, then, you know, I've got to work on that separately, right? This Iron Man thing is just a, it's a personal dream, right? What I actually found was they are inextricably tied. That the reason I felt so strongly about the Iron Man is because it was my gateway to my purpose and my ability to do the work I felt I was meant for. I think too, it's important for our listeners to understand this as well as you were not like 22 or 24 years old, whatever it was when you went out and decided you're going to do this, right? Yes. And I think that's important for us as we, as we get a little bit older, right? I just turned 40 this past November. And uh, so as we get older, we start to limit our beliefs because of our age, right? And so how old were you when you started doing this? I was 44 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And big- uh, let, let me give you, a, your listeners, another piece of perspective. I was not a swimmer. I was not a road cyclist. I was basically a recreational runner and a mountain biker. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, so you to learn uh, all I'm, the I'm nothing special. I am. And I'm, you know, most of the athletes that uh, make it to the Ironman world championships are professional athletes or very close to it. Right. And I was nothing even close to being a professional. I'm still not. 
I'm a total amateur and I just work my tail off and I, I'm not naturally talented or gifted. Like this doesn't come easily for me. What I have done though, is figured out how to uh, unlock and tap into the power of my unconscious mind. That's the difference maker right there. And it doesn't matter what age you are either, because I actually raced with at the Ironman sister, Mary Booter, 78 Hmm. years young, the day that we did the Ironman. And she still has gone on to do more triathlons and longer stuff. And yeah, I mean, just same thing. That's humbling. Yeah. I remember my first triathlon, I was on my bike, you know, they write your age on your, on your right calf, or at least the Mm -hmm. ones I've done, uh, did. And I remember I was sitting there in my bike, I'm feeling good. And it was something like the same thing. Like this person went by me, it was like 78 years old. Like I was sitting still and I'm like, (laughs) wow, this is a humbling moment right now. (laughs) And so, uh, you got, it is, that's, that was my limiting belief. Right. And so that person trained better, ate better, did all the stuff. So anyway, I know I cut you off. We're talking about that stretch, right? That stretch goal, the things that you want to do and how we achieve that. Yeah. Yeah. So what I want to make sure that people understand to set this up is don't negate or don't minimize what you think the importance of maybe a personal dream or goal is. It has everything to do with the other things in in your business or your professional life that you're trying to achieve. Um, And probably it's the gateway to them. All right. So here's what you do to unlimit your limiting beliefs. So take that same piece of paper or even, you know, turn over the page to a fresh one now that you have uncovered your limiting beliefs, because I guarantee if you have one, there are more in your brain rattling around like a pinball. Okay. Mm -hmm. So capture them all. I had an entire page, eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, entire page. Now on that page, write all your limiting beliefs down on the left-hand side. Okay. Then go back up to the top with the first one and write the opposite of that belief. So for me, my limiting belief was I can't possibly compete in the Ironman world championships as an amateur athlete. And the opposite of that, the unlimiting version of that belief was I will compete in the Ironman world championships as an amateur athlete Hmm. and do that, do that for every single one all the way down the page. Okay. Now here's where the second step comes in. Because it's one thing to identify what's going on in your unconscious mind that is driving your action or inaction. The second part of that, though, is that we have to make an active change, basically rewiring that circuit in our unconscious mind. And we have to do it actively when we are in the moment having that thought. So here's what you do. Carry this journal with you or capture this list in some way. You know, if you're not one to carry around a journal, take a photo of it on your phone. And then we all know we carry our phones with us everywhere, right? So just carry it with you every single day because that will give you an awareness now of when you have these thoughts, because this is going to be the other aha that we have these thoughts hundreds, if not thousands of times a day, and we are consciously unaware of it. So now that you're carrying this list with you, then when you have it, you go, oh, yeah, that, there's that limiting belief. Then what you do is when you notice you're having that limiting belief, say out loud, and this is key, say out loud the unlimiting version of it. 
So I would literally, I was working in an office at the time. I would literally just stop what I was doing. And I would say, I will compete in the Ironman world championships. And let me just, uh, validate what the listeners are probably thinking right now. Like, didn't people look at you funny? Like, wasn't that kind of disruptive? Yeah, it was. And it needed to be disruptive for myself, for my own brain. Because if I just kept, you know, staying in the same thought pattern, I never would have gotten to the Ironman. And just, just to let your listeners in on how effective this is, how powerful it is, I held myself back from this dream for 28 years, limiting beliefs, right? That same thought pattern for 28 straight years. Once I did this and unlimited my beliefs, I achieved the dream in two years. That's amazing. What was the training like for that? Like, (laughs) what did you have to do to to do that? Uh, So the training is two to three workouts a day, six days a week. Uh, And then the other, at at the pinnacle, uh, I'm training about 22 to 24 hours a week. And, you know, this is that distortion thing we talked about before, right? Because when, uh, before I pursued the Ironman, I would go to the gym probably five days a week. And then the weekend I would, you know, go for a long run and probably a long mountain bike ride. And I was fit. I was active, you know, or so I thought, I mean, I was, I was fit at a certain level, Um, but a very low level compared to the level of fitness I got into as an Ironman triathlete. I mean, that just really two to three workouts a day, six days a week. And then, you know, you're also doing things like chiropractic, yoga, weights, um, physical therapy, you know, because you're, you're really taxing your body at a much greater level. And you've got to do all these other things that, that's, uh, no one tells you about it's a it's a very well kept secret in the ultra community and triathlon community to keep your body you know working properly and you know performing at an uber high level. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. the intensity that you're putting on your body too, right? Yeah. Uh, also, there were nu- nutritional changes. I mean, significant nutritional changes. I mean i I was always I always believed that if I just worked out enough, I could eat whatever I wanted. And, uh, what I found was that just did not serve my body well at all. It did not want to perform, you know, at that new high level on processed food or sugar or too much alcohol, or, you know, just, just not eating as healthy and, you know, inputting pure fuel into my system. Also sleep became much more important. I mean, I, I was like the typical, you know, yuppie, right? I would, um, you know, I would watch the evening news. I would saunter onto bed about 1030 and I would wake up about five and get to the gym at six and then, you know, get into the office at eight. Well, with, you know, doing two workouts before I even went to the office, I would have to wake up at 330 in the morning. Mm. That was a big change. Trust me. (laughs) I was not a morning person at that point in my life. Um, So I would have to get up at 3.30 so I could be at the pool by 4, do a swim and a bike workout before I made it to the office at 8. Then I had to finish work on time, which is another new concept to a lot of people. You know, hey, if I'm just behind or I don't, you know, focus and I'm not efficient during the day, I'll just work longer, you know, and finish everything up. No, I had to be done at five to go do a track workout 
and then go home, eat dinner, you know, shower, prep, get everything ready for the next day, including my food, because now I was, you know, pretty much making all my own food and be in bed by eight or eight thirty so I could get enough sleep so that it would um so my system would perform at a high level and do that, you know, six days a week. Okay, gosh, I can't I'm just sitting here thinking to myself how how much work I got to do on my fitness side, which is awesome. This is great to hear. So let's talk about the food intake and all that stuff too. So because we can all say, right, our limiting belief, I'm busy. Gosh, it's so much to prep. I mean, all the stuff. I don't know what to eat. I mean, walk our listeners who um, are maybe feeling the same thing I'm feeling is, is the busyness, the craziness of the world we live in. But how did you mentally prepare, not even mentally, but physically even prepare to eat right uh, throughout a busy day? So what I discovered, uh, thank goodness, early on is something called Green Smoothies, G-R-E-E-N. And there's a book called um, Green for Life that's wonderful. Uh, It's written by a scientist. And uh, what she talks about in the book is that uh, the healthiest creatures on the planet are chimpanzees, and they are most closely related to human DNA. And Uh, A green smoothie has in it basically what chimps eat every day. It's three parts um, berries or, you know, some sort of uh, low glycemic fruit. I I just like berries and they work well for me. A couple parts uh, like either almond, like unsweetened almond milk or, you know, whatever kind of liquid like that works for you. Um, I'm lactose intolerant and it, it can't be just water. So you've got to have something like that. That also has some nice protein in it. A couple scoops, scoops of protein powder. Um, I've since become pretty much plant-based. I mean, I still eat a buffalo burger now and then, and I love fish. Uh, but otherwise, most of my protein comes from either eggs or plants. So I use plant-based protein powder, a couple scoops of that. And then uh, you're, you're making this in a, in a full-size Vitamix, which can you know blend up a car, uh, I'm convinced. Right, right. I mean, what, what kind is the mix? Do you, if you don't mind sharing, what kind is like the, the mix? powder? Like the what's the powder called? Like that you buy? The, oh, uh, I use the Vega. Okay, V-E-G-A. I just saw that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I really like that. Store. Yeah, I mean the the biggest thing to to take note of here is for your green smoothie, no sugar, like no sugar that's hiding somewhere either. You know, like in terms of in your protein powder or in the, yeah. you know, liquid. The, that you the use sugar to from the fruit's it. fine. But the, yeah, sugar yeah. from the fruit's fine, yeah. And what and was then, the liquid you said? I, I like unsweetened vanilla almond milk. Okay. Yeah, that works really well. I mean, it used to drink soy milk until everybody said, oh my God, you know, soy is going to kill you and uh, whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so whatever works for you. Then pack the rest of the... Vitamix with some sort of greens. Uh, I love spinach. Yep. Spinach just works really well for me. So I use a 10 ounce bag. I put the entire bag of spinach in there. And, you know, this concoction turns green. I mean, and then I put it in a 32 ounce Nalgene bottle. Uh, a, an entire Vitamix blender full will make one and a half full size Nalgene bottles, which will last me about two days. You can also supplement it like when I really ramp up training. Uh, I'll also include three bananas in it. Okay. So you can kind of uh, play with it in terms of, you know, additional ingredients. Um, 
based on your activity level and what you have going on. Uh, I think for men, you know, they need more protein. Uh, Rich Roll, who is, is the guy who turned me on to Ultraman, he has a lot of great videos and things out there of different smoothies that he makes. And he obviously needs more protein as a male athlete. Um, so check that out. But okay. you blend all that up. And then it's easy when you're on the go. You know, like literally I'll drink smoothie for breakfast and lunch. And then basically dinner, I'll have whatever I want, which is usually uh, some sort of big piece of protein and a lot of vegetables. Like the more vegetables I have during the day, the better I feel, the better my system works. Um, I also add in the right amount of carbs. And these are like simple carbs, not starchy processed carbs. Although I will say I'm a huge potato chip fan. So when I'm <laughs> when I'm at the height of training and my body is craving potato chips, I go with it. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to eat a whole bag of Lay's. Uh, I'll pick the best chips I can find. I'm not going to eat Pringles either. Um, yep. I'll pick the best chips I can find, and then I eat everything in moderation. Again, I won't eat you know half a bag or a whole bag at a sitting, but I will probably have you know some salty potatoes that I've roasted in the oven myself. Or, you know, I love roasting like that. Just man, that just brings out flavor in foods Um, and things like gluten free pancakes. Those are great. Or even gluten free French toast. Uh, I'm also a big peanut butter and jelly fan. So every day I'll have a little I mean, little I don't pick the big size bread and it's usually either, you know, multigrain or gluten free. And not the sawdust kind of gluten-free crap. Like life is too long to put yourself (laughs) through that, okay? You got to look forward to eating this stuff, right? And I use all natural peanut butter, not even any salt added, and then all natural jam. Because again, you don't want, you know, this whole sugar high thing. Basically what you're looking to do, what you're causing your system to do when you eat this way, you eat clean is what it's called, is you're giving your system pure, long-lasting fuel, where you won't have a crash, you won't be, you know, super high. And it just is a long, sustainable burn. And it, it also is really easy to maintain your weight when you're eating this way. Right. Now, also That's be good. ready because someone will say, wow, that thing you're drinking looks like the underside of a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I juice but almost I every what, day. It's really it's, good. Uh, this stuff's phenomenal. And so I'm always curious what other people are doing. Cause I'll still yeah. go like today, I'll probably have like, you know, my, my Buffalo chicken tacos with lettuce and, uh, on them. And then I'll have like a side of fruit. Like that's what almost every day what I have for lunch. Uh huh. But, uh, yeah, that's good. I like that. All right. Yeah. Um, well, and you, you just, you just, uh, mentioned something there that I think is important or important for listeners to pick up, which is once you kind of hone in on what you like, you can eat that same thing every week. Oh yeah, and that also makes it really easy to prep. You know, when when you're training for an Ironman or Ultraman or you know your business or whatever you got going on, you know what I quickly came to understand is it had to be systematic. So I would you know Sunday afternoon after my you know last big workout, I would shower and then I would prep all my food for the entire week. So it was ready to go. All I had to do was grab it out of the fridge for the next day. I literally didn't have to think about anything because if I did, I was going to make a bad choice in the moment. I was just going to grab something on the go. Then I was going to feel terrible. Then I wasn't going to perform well, you know, in not only my physical endeavors, but my professional ones. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm so, lucky. I have eighteen eighteen chop house downstairs. It's a steakhouse, so I just go downstairs oh, and, <laughs> and they make nice. that good food for me. Uh, nice. So that's good. So talk to us about uh, obviously your book, Unlimiting Your Beliefs. I'm assuming you can buy that anywhere, right? Uh, Amazon uh, and the likes. Yes, wherever books are sold. Okay, we got that. Unlimiting Your Beliefs by Karen Brown. <laughs> and then, uh, so let's talk talk about that book. What was that process like for you? Uh, so the, the rest of the title of the book is Seven Keys to Greater Results in Your Personal and Professional Life. And it, it's all based around the power of the unconscious mind and these seven keys that I've done a lot of study and scientific research to uh, uncover that these are the seven most important keys to you know higher levels of success that you want to generate for yourself. And this really came from my two-year you know training journey to get to the Ironman World Championships once I unlimited my beliefs and you know, went all in. And it, you know, I, I, I want to say to the listeners, I was also at the time, like when this idea came to me, I was literally on my, uh, my tri bike training and I was on a really long ride and this thought came in and I thought, I literally like looked up and said, me, an author, like write a book. Right. I mean, that was so far out of my realm of possibility right then that I, I just sort of sat with it for a while. And yet at the same time, I had that, that thought, this amazing p- feeling of peace came over me. You know, like when, when you have that feeling like that is what I'm supposed to do. Like that is my destiny. That's what lies ahead for me. That is the feeling I had. And I thought, okay, well, just because I don't know how to do it right now doesn't mean I can't do it. All right, I'll figure it out. Like I'm, I'm pursuing the Iron Man. I figured that out. So once, uh, so I began taking notes, keeping notes in a journal. You know, every race I would go to, uh, training log, thoughts, um, emotions, reflections, things like that. And so I ended up with about fifty pages of raw notes. And I, I, at the time, then after I achieved the Ironman, I had these 50 pages of notes and I kept like forcing myself to sit down and just try to write down an outline to a book and it wasn't coming. And I unlimited my beliefs about it and it still just wasn't, it wasn't flowing. And then I was at a party and I'm also a big believer. This is one of the keys in the book in verbalizing, you know, what you want to do. Because it also, your unconscious mind hears that. And then your reticular activation system, that's an actual thing, RAS, reticular activation system, it kicks into high gear and it starts looking for the help you're going to need. So literally, and that happens from verbalizing. So I was talking with a friend and he said, you know, any passion projects? And I said, yeah, you know, it's really on my heart to write this book. And he said, oh, okay, well, how's that going? And I said, it's not really going. And he said, oh, well, what do you think is stopping you? I said, uh, I don't really think of myself as a writer. He said, oh, well, have you considered using a ghost writer? I said, what is that? I've never right. heard of that. Yeah. And so he told me, he's like, a ghost writer is, you know, somebody who's a really good writer and they help, you know, maybe first time authors or folks like you who maybe, you know, writing is not their, their talent or their gift. 
they take their, you know, raw words and synthesize them into something that, you know, is really great. And I said, aha, that's it. So the very next day I found, I interviewed three ghostwriters. I picked one who said, you know, your story really resonates with me. She was a, a former marathon runner. And so for the next year, we worked on writing the book. She interviewed me and I, I would write a lot and then send it to her. And then God love her. She would turn it into something much, much better. And it's, it's really that. through that. Oh my gosh. True. That's true talent, I think. Uh, and, and through that process, I actually learned how to write. Uh, then, you know, the, the book, the first book took two years uh, in a self-published endeavor to come to light. And um, at the end of that two years, I actually had the good fortune of spending some time with the great Brian Tracy. Oh, yeah. You know, prob- probably the, the most successful business writer out there. I mean, that man has lost track of how many books he's written. Exactly. I mean, at six, 60 books, he's like, yeah, I don't keep track anymore. And he shared with me his method and his system. He actually writes a book every 90 days. It's wow. staggering. And it's so simplistic. It's it's like Occam's razor, right? Or yeah, Occam's razor. the the simplest um, The simplest explanation is usually the right one. It's the same thing, and, and it's the same thing with my scientific keys in my book. It's like the simplest key is usually the right one. So he shared his methodology with me, and I said, "Wow, okay, I'm making this too hard. Let's just follow his path." Uh, and so that's how I wrote the second one. And I, I really took off from the first one and thought, you know, I really want to add more, you know, all this scientific stuff that I've now, you know, incorporated into the work that I do in my business and for leaders and professionals, you know, this really needs to be in this second book still told through the story of the Iron Man Cause that's a real powerful, uh, way to tell it. And it, it also, as human beings, we retain information through story most easily. So that's how the, the second book came to be. And I have three more uh, in the wings that I've written about 25% of each on. Nice. Well, we look forward to finding those. So how do you define success? When Karen Brown looks in the mirror or she thinks about her life, how do you define success? Success for me comes when... I continually expand myself. So expand my thinking, my capability, my spirit. Um, and that, that really is challenging myself to, you know, find another gear to go bigger uh, because it always translates into every part of my life. Um, you know, the first part it translates to is my business and then uh, every relationship that I have and, and new thinking and kind of global thinking. Uh, and, you know, for me, the key in doing that is through ultra endurance sports. Uh, so I'm getting ready for 120 kilometer trail run this month uh, in the Italian Dolomites with just, just 19,000 feet of climbing uh, over 30 hours. So that, that seems to be always my key or my point of entry to that ever expanding, you know, which culminates in higher levels of success for me. 
Now, are you a, do you, would you say you meditate or what, what do you find to get that focus and that energy going on your day? I definitely do. Okay. Uh, I, I meditate in the morning and evening while I'm still in bed. So in the morning it's, yeah, uh, you know, gratitude. Yeah. It's gratitude intentions for the day. You know, I actually visualize, you know, what I want the day to go like. And then at the end of the day, it's reflecting again, more gratitude, uh, and, you know, just uh, being so thankful for everything that I was given that day. And so uh, when you think about like success and you think about the, everybody wants to talk about the good stuff, right? But how about the days that you don't want to go work out or how about the days you don't want to eat right? Uh, the days you don't want to get out of bed and go crush it. Uh, how do you, how do you get through that? I connect my feelings right then, you know, of not wanting to go do whatever to how I always feel when I push through it. You know, if I am not feeling like working out, if I just get myself out of bed and make myself go work out, I always feel a million times better. Yeah. Or, you know, if there's something, this is another key for me. I always do the hard thing first, especially in business. Because if, if I think that that thing is hard, then I'm only making it more so. I'm making it bigger in my mind. And the longer I stave it off, the worse it gets and the tougher it's going to be. So if I do it first, everything else is easier. And then, you know, I have this huge sigh of relief and go, ah, that thing is done. And then it, it, it makes everything else easier to do. So when you think about the fears, let's talk about the fear question. I know you've listened to the podcast before, so I don't know if you've heard this question or not. But um, when you think about the fears you've put in your mind, um, how many of those fears have actually come true to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? Oh, that's such an interesting question. Because I know how the unconscious mind works. And here's the thing. Fears, fears will... First of all, your unconscious mind will make a fear happen. You know, if uh, like, uh, here's a really simplistic example. Uh, when I, before I pursued Ironman, you know, I mentioned I was a recreational mountain biker. And if I thought about crashing, like if I literally visualized it and was fearful about crashing, I would. And so literally I would stop on the trail, pull off to the side, and I would reframe that visualization of everything flowing smoothly, everything going well. I was strong. I was empowered. You know, I would pick the right line. I would be balanced correctly. And it would be, you know, I would hone in on that feeling of being in the flow and feeling strong and empowered and just having such a great time and enjoying it. And the, the flow is actually another scientifically proven state uh, that's in a book called rise of Superman, which is a highly entertaining and educational read. And so whenever we're doing something that is challenging, that may have an element of fear in it, that's actually the doorway to being in the flow. So that's what I hone in on. I remember that. And I think, okay, this is the doorway to the flow. And I really want to be in the flow. It, for for those who might not understand what that means, think of runners high on steroids. Like this is 
scientifically proven like the the most potent, wonderful, natural biological cocktail that has ever been invented. And your body just your body and your mind just gets into it naturally when you go through that doorway, some of which is fear. So I I I I I remember that and I connect to okay, if I just do this thing and and maybe I even break it down into really micro steps. Like, okay, if I just get out of bed and then, okay, if I just get dressed, okay. And then just do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And then, you know, it starts getting easier. I start building momentum. And then once I kind of roll over that hump for whatever it was that seemed challenging, I feel so much better. And there's so many great things on the other side of it that then, and this is what we do with clients too, is then I, I always say, okay, now connect this feeling, this great feeling, this accomplishment, what you learned on the other side of it, when you're in that moment of, oh, I really don't want to do that. Just go do it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, let's talk about the $10 million question. We laughed about this earlier. but uh, So I give you $10 million. You can't pay off mm-hmm. uh, any debts. You can't, uh, you know, do the normal investing like we would do here at Visionary Wealth Advisors. What would you do uh, with ten million dollars? Mm, I love this question. This is such a great question. Uh, so, uh, I have a couple of missions uh, with the book and with our our business. Um, my mission with the book is to eradicate limiting beliefs and transform the world, as I think yep. I've mentioned. And uh, my vision with the business, um, the name of my company is Velocity Leadership Consulting, and we uh, do unconscious mind uh, coaching, like behavioral coaching work with leaders up to CEOs. And uh, so I want to revolutionize that uh, whole coaching world um, because it, it doesn't need to be as hard as it is right now. And companies can companies and leaders within them can operate much better, higher level, more efficient, with more velocity and ease when they tap into these concepts uh, of the unconscious mind. So uh, $10 million, what I would do is I would go global right now with both of those missions. And so when you say go global, what's that look like? So expand on that. Uh, I would... You know, the first thing that pops into my head is that I would, you know, hit the road. I would go, I mean, I, I visit other countries usually when I'm doing a race and I, I try to book speeches there at the same time, but I would literally, you know, go on a road show. Um, like I did a big speech over the weekend uh, at a, key, a keynote speaker for a graduation commencement ceremony. I would do, you know, it's, it's my dream really to, you know, present to 5,000 people at once. I would take that $10 million and go out and make that happen so that I could, you know, bring eradicating limiting beliefs Mm. to every single person on the planet, no matter whether they were in Somalia or Afghanistan or Australia, or just, you know, I would, I would take it to every corner of the globe. I love it. I love it, Karen Brown. So let's talk about where do our listeners find more of you? You talked about your Velocity Leadership Consulting Company. Um, I know you were very kind and put together a website, uh, velocityleadershipconsulting.com forward slash circuit of success. And you can go on there and people can find uh, some videos and such and learn more about you. Uh, but where else can our listeners find more of Karen Brown? 
VelocityLeadershipConsulting.com is our main website. Um, And the landing page that we just talked about, VelocityLeadershipConsulting.com forward slash circuit of success. Uh, I've I, I've put a few things on there for your listeners. The playlist that you just talked about is a group of five really short videos that are the five top techniques, um, you know, within the seven from the book, how to do them, you know, so the unlimiting beliefs process that we just went through, we go through that. And that's a free download for all of your listeners specifically and exclusively awesome. for them. Also, there's access to the book right there. We have some other tools that are available for free for download. And then also you can book a time to talk with me if you would like to chat about some things. And then are you on Facebook? I'm assuming Facebook, Instagram, all those things. Oh my goodness. Yes. We have nine channels over all of the, all of social media platforms. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's usually uh, either velocity leaders or read Karen Brown. Got it. We'll put that in the show notes and Karen, it has been absolutely awesome having you on the circuit of success. I know I've taken lots of notes and uh, just lots of things to think about. And I will say the one thing that stood out to me the most um, that I'm going to do hopefully today, uh, but is your limiting belief on one side. And then the other side of the page is the opposite belief, right? The, the unlimiting belief. And so I like that, the, the I can't to the I will. And that was a huge takeaway for me along with some other things. But I uh, really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you, Brett. What a pleasure for me to be here. Really lovely. Thanks to your audience. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 